Welcome to the Boyd Bates World Podcast. I was honored to be joined by Tukney Wynn, who is a classmate of mine at UW. Tukney used to be the UW football beat reporter at The Daily before she got a job as the UCLA football beat reporter for what is now the Southern California News Group. For the better part of two years, she's been covering Josh Rosen. I found the gap between Rosen's obvious talent and his public perception to be fascinating and comical and weird heading into this year's NFL draft and Tukney was was the perfect person to talk to to delve into that uh, that oddity. We talked about Rosen, what we missed about Seattle, and a little bit about new UCLA head football coach Chip Kelly. Enjoy it. Good to talk to you again um, outside of Kaylee Cook's class in the comm building uh, way back when. Um, what led you from, we graduated around this time three years ago, what led you to, to now be on the, the UCLA beat three years later? Uh, well, I was I was fortunate enough to be able to get a job right out of college. So I was offered a job with a company which was then the Los Angeles News Group which is now known as the Southern California News Group, which is what I work for now, uh, they hired me right out of college to do preps. So I was covering preps for about five weeks, and then I added professional soccer, so LA Galaxy, and then the national team, because they practice in Carson sometimes. So I covered um, preps and soccer for about seven months. And then at that time also, the Rams had just moved to LA. So what ended up happening was that we moved our UCLA writer to the Rams and then they moved me to UCLA. So I'm just a product of kind of right place, right time. It was fortunate for me that the Rams came when they did. So, uh, it kind of opened up that spot for me. So you go from, from covering preps to all of a sudden LeVar Ball is a part of your life and Josh Rosen (laughs) and Chip Kelly and all these, all these wonderful people. That that must've been quite the jump. Yeah. Yeah. It it was zero to 60 very fast. Uh, I didn't actually cover UCLA the first year, Mm um, or UCLA basketball the first year I was on UCLA. So the first year I was on UCLA, I just covered football. So I didn't have to deal. Well, actually I didn't get to, I didn't get to deal with Lonzo and I didn't get to watch Lonzo and I didn't have to deal with LeVar, uh, at that time. So, um, don't have many LeVar interactions. Sure. Yeah, I was I was looking back through your the, your bylines at uh, through the the LA Daily News um, feed of of yours, and you have produced what, what what number of pieces do you think you you have written since you started working there? It, it, it's definitely in the, the triple digits. Oh, oh, I don't know. Um, well, some of some of the things online are just like quick video, so. That wasn't really, uh, I didn't have to write anything on that. I don't know. Uh, I've been here for three years. I don't know, maybe 700? That's, that is incredible. So do, do you relish the opportunity now to, to write more of a, like you have a week to write it type piece? Or do you still, is there ever opportunities for that? Or is it just all beat kind of these quick hitter type pieces? Uh, you, you mix them up. Um, anytime I do get a chance to spend a little more time on a story, that's, that's always, um, very, I'm very lucky to be able to have those opportunities. 
few and far between <laughs> now that I'm trying to think back. Um, yeah, it, it's, you don't get those often. So when you do get a chance to do those, you, you want to make them really good and really special. But uh, mostly it's just kind of survive this day and then get to the <laughs> next one. So you can write another story, especially if it's during football season when it's I'm writing something literally every day between August and January. So um, there's there's just a lot of a lot of work to be done on when you're a beat reporter in the back 12. So for sure. Um, so from kind of the two different perspectives, like what do you miss from the, the, the days of being at the daily at UW, um, to your current job or, or what is, what are the big differences between, between those two worlds? Uh, well, I don't have to do homework now, which is awesome. There we go. Uh, I can just, I can just go to work and, and be done. Um, so I think w- with the amount of work that I did at the daily, uh, and having to also balance that with schoolwork, anything now is just like it's a breeze it's easier yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I i survived i i mean i majored in math and you at uw too so that's right i yeah. took a lot of math classes i spend a lot of time doing math homework and anytime i don't have to do that after i finish a story is awesome um but it's also it can really be a grind because it's just like i said it's every day you just survive this day and then get on to the next one um there's not a lot of time to, to breathe between stories, mm-hmm. but at the same time, this is the only job I would have wanted like three, three years ago. If you would have told me that I would be covering UCLA, uh, at a major daily newspaper, I would be like, yeah, <laughs> of course it's, it's everything I would have signed up for. So, um, I, I do miss kind of the, the daily atmosphere, being in that type of newsroom environment is really fun. Um, I made amazing friends at the daily. I talk to them all the time still. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just more serious now. It's my job. I'm a, I'm a full-time professional journalist and uh, I have to cover every small little bit that's happening at UCLA or I have to at least be mindful of it. So that can be tiring because I spent literally every day of the last two years just, thinking about Josh Rosen at any, <laughs> at any point in, in my life, it was like, if Josh's name came up on Twitter, I was like, Whoa, what's happening. Right. Okay. Then I, I would have to check, I would have to check it out immediately. And that's tiring. Yeah, definitely. What about, what about the non, uh, journalism part of things? What do you miss the most about Seattle? Uh, well, I mean, I grew up in Seattle, so it's, it's, I, I just miss being home. I was actually, I was, um, breezed through Seattle this past weekend on my way to Montana for a family event. And, um, I was just, I just looked out the window on the airplane as I was flying in. I was like, man, look at all these trees. So green here. It's (laughs) it's so beautiful. And like LA is a great place to live too, especially if you're a journalist in my age trying to make a living. Um, it's, it's not a bad place to be, but at the same time you get home to Seattle and just feels right. The air is clean and it's green. It's beautiful. And and I, I, I miss being, I miss having that, having that home feeling. Um, and, and also I didn't mention that the, the view from the Husky stadium press box is surely one of the best in the pac 12. So I do miss that. Second to none. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm out in Boston these days, and and I there's there's a certain greenness uh, that is that is to be to be desired when you don't live in in Washington <laughs> anymore. Um, yeah, and and the thing that I miss the most, I think, is when people 
in Wash in Seattle, especially, ask you how spicy your Thai food uh, they want you they want it to be, and that doesn't happen at least where I'm currently at. So it's a it's a, this yeah. is a small piece of of Seattle that I yeah, miss. that's weird. I thought people some restaurants in LA don't ask you that too, and I was like, this is so. Why would you do? Why? I thought that was I, just I need protocol. To tell you. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I, okay, I'm glad it's not just LA. Apparently, other people don't do that too. That's interesting. Yeah, it's time to spread the gospel next time we're at a Thai restaurant and let them know. Um, yeah. All right. Well, you were talking about how how math homework and journalism don't mix, and that is a similar s- viewpoint of uh, of our subject of today's podcast. Josh Rosen, who once famously said that school and football don't mix, and uh, is kind of still paying the price for it from a PR perspective, at least from my vantage point. You were around Josh Rosen an awful lot, uh, like you said, over the last two years. His his life kind of dictated your your work. Um, my would, life. Yeah, there we go. How would you characterize Josh Rosen, the guy, certainly someone you were around a lot and had the chance to talk to and, and to cover? Um, I, I liked covering Josh. Um, I, I don't think I know him super personally. It's not like I'm his friend or anything. I talked to him for, I don't know, five to 10 minutes a week for, uh, five to 10 minutes a week, every week during football season. So, um, I did get to talk to him more often than a lot of the people who are talking about him now, but, <laughs> um, I, I think he's smart. I think smart, not in like, a not in like a smart aleck way. I think he's just, just smart. He likes to learn about things. He likes to be, um, he, he likes to be around people who have high standards. So when you are around him, when you're asking him questions, when you're a beat reporter, he wants you to ask good questions so he can give good answers. Like he's not going to, you're not going to be able to just come up and be, give him the, so what happened? And he'll, he'll go off on a mm-hmm. big, long quote. That's going to help you. you. You need to bring your best game so he can bring his. Um, so yeah, I think he's smart. I think he was fun to, fun to cover. I'm going to miss covering him. And I also think he's very compassionate. And I think that's probably one of the kind of low key, qualities about him that not a lot of people know about he's he's very compassionate he does care about his teammates and his coaches and uh, I think his the people around him love him for that reason yeah you you can kind of hear in in your your characterization of of how quickly and just I mean there's there's a continuum there of how um, smart can become construed as cocky and kind of thoughtful can be construed as aloof and I think that that's two of the things that have have kind of marked Josh Rosen's pro evaluation um, after after he's left UCLA. Uh, so you, you don't necessarily think that either of those adjectives are super applicable to, to Josh Rosen, cocky or aloof? Mm. Uh, uh, I, I, I would say that he is cocky, but not in like a a way that hinders his ability to do what he's supposed to do. Like aren't all athletes or aren't all good athletes, some sort of amount of cocky. Like he believes he's, he believes he's very talented. And I think anyone who watches him believes him, believes that too. So I, I think he's cocky in that way, but not in a way that prevents him from being able to do what he's supposed to do. Gotcha. Um, 
aloof. He, I think he can come off as aloof, like he did, but I think that's just his way of, um, I don't know, processing things. He used to be a tennis player, mm-hmm. so tennis players have that, you know, don't dwell on it, don't get too emotional right now because you have to play another point right away. So he kind of carried that mentality through to football. And tennis players, too, the knock on them uh, over time is that they are similar to golfers and that they practice by themselves and, and it's a it's a it's a one person game and I it kind of felt at least in this last UCLA season uh, very similar in that it was a one person game um the Texas A&M game coming coming to mind certainly a game that has probably meant a lot in your in your career uh where Rosen threw four touchdown passes in the fourth quarter uh, and just seemingly was a force of nature on offense. And there were times when you watched him play where it felt like that, um, where he just had complete control of what was going on, yet finishes his career 17 and 13 as a starter, um, had you know plenty of, of bad interceptions and, and, and missed throws that, that kind of you could point to. Um, how would you characterize the football player? I mean, was he – I think the knock on him is that he might have been too – like going with that cocky, I read something by Doug Farrar of him, him feeling that the, that he could make any throw and therefore would put anything up in the air. Um, what what would you say about Rosen as a football player? What were his his absolute strengths that you saw, and then and then the things that definitely need need some work before uh, his Cardinals career takes off? Uh, well, I mean, he's very talented. His arm talent is, is exceptional, and. Um, he makes throws that are that other guys just can't. I mean, he he makes these throws through these tiny windows, and you're just like, wait, what? That mm. that made it. And I think a lot of his teammates felt the same way sometimes. Like uh, Caleb Wilson, the tight end, who I think he had like 190. He had almost like he had over 200 receiving yards in that Texas A&M game. He was incredible. Um, he, there was this one touchdown pass or was it touchdown? There was this one pass and, uh, someone had shared this little clip on Twitter, uh, of Josh throwing that pass. And then Caleb kind of quote tweets it. he says, for, for real, I didn't think that pass was going to make it to me. <laughs> and then it did. Um, so he does things like that and he's very, he's very talented. Um, his mobility isn't the same as what you would consider like a Sam Darnold or a Baker Mayfield. He doesn't have that ability to kind of extend the play outside the pocket, but he's very mobile inside the pocket. Again, going back to his tennis career, he's very good at kind of shuffling his feet, things like that. Um, so he's good at that, but his arm talent does get him in trouble sometimes because like you said, he is so confident that he can make the impossible throw because he's done it one or two times before um he'll make ill-advised passes that go for interceptions or whatever and you're just like why why did you do that but um you know a lot of great quarterbacks have that quality like a, you know a Brett Favre threw a ton of interceptions but no one's gonna say that that was no one's gonna say he's not a good core he wasn't a good mm. quarterback you know right. um and jo- Josh did the same thing when he was in high school I was t- I talked to one of his high school coaches about you know, what, when did you butt heads with Josh? And he said, when he made dumb plays on the field, because he's so talented and he thought he could make them, but he, he couldn't because they were impossible. He would come to the sideline and have this thesis statement, 3000 word (laughs) essay in his head about why he, Oh, about why he threw this terrible pass. Um, 
so yeah, he's been doing, he's that part of, that's part of what makes him special because he does kind of go for those impossible throws and sometimes he can make them, um, but sometimes he doesn't. So I think that's part of what, uh, kind of the next level is going to have to teach him that mm-hmm. if it's going to be 50, 50, don't throw that impossible throw. <laughs> don't yeah, throw it, the impossible throw. It's uh, he's in an incredible point, at least from a talent perspective, where where you don't have to add anything to his game to make him great. You almost need to subtract things from his game and subtract some of the deci- decision making is what's going to put him over the edge. You're not there's no question about arm talent, like you said, um, which makes his evaluation so confusing to me because, like like we've kind of alluded to, his 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 PR has just been. Very strange. Um, just a couple of quotes that, that I'm sure you know. Uh, Mike Lombardi, former GM of the of the Cleveland Browns and Oakland Raiders, um, he said that Josh Rosen might like humanitarian work more than football. Question where his head's at. Um, there was the really weird, and I, I want to hear your thoughts on this, the really weird story from Alonzo Highsmith, the, the Browns front office member who basically said that he learned all he needed to learn about Josh Rosen by asking his girlfriend's volleyball coach um, and said that just the reaction of the girlfriend's volleyball coach, they meet in the airport. The the coach says, uh, you should just talk to her. And then that told Highsmith everything he needed to learn, um, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me and definitely didn't make any sense to Rosen. He said as much. What did you think when you first heard that story? Uh, I think that's more of a dicky, more indicative of the, Browns than it is of Josh. Like if that's how the round, if that's how the Browns evaluate talent, then I think it explains why they're constantly picking in the top, like five picks or three picks. Sure. So, <laughs> I mean that's that's on the Browns yeah. for for evaluating talent that way. The just yeah the amount of the amount of uh, confidence that that statement was put out there with was was astounding to me. Um, so I have a list of variables and none of them I think are are actually what it is, but a list of variables that might have have buried Josh Rosen's uh, like public reputation. Being rich, um, I think, has hurt him. It's come up more than it does for say Jared Goff or. Um, a Darnold or in people in recent or in similar situations recently. Uh, is, is it Jim Mora who sandbagged him uh, relative to to Sam Darnold when when asked about the two quarterbacks? Was it the the hot tub his in his dorm room? Was it the Trump hat? Uh, was it getting concussed and missing a game and the the, the backlash that came from it? Wh- which one of these variables or is it a combination of all of them? Torpedo Josh Rosen's uh, PR campaign. It's always going to be a combination. Um, I mean, I found it. He did this interview. I don't remember with who, but he did an interview, and someone asked him about uh, his kind of reputation, and he he explained it as well. I've been in the spotlight for a lot longer than some of these other guys. Mm-hmm. He's people have been watching him since he was fourteen, fifteen years old, um, and so there's just a lot more information about him, um, and he's. He has been on Twitter since then, um, Instagram since then. So uh, it just, he, there's just been more record of what he's done. Um, 
judging dating back to high school when he went to the opening and Trent Dilfer said he was uh, uncoachable and, and whatever. I think that was kind of the first piece of the Josh Rosen is a jerk reputation. Um, and then every time one small thing came up, whether first it was the hot tub and then it was the Trump hat and then it was the bleacher report, academics and football don't mix. Um, so every time there was one, Oh, actually after the Trump hat, it was the under armor thing. Like, uh, the, because UCLA signed this huge deal with under armor. And then Josh was like something about, um, Oh, but the NCAA is still a nonprofit kind of, uh, talking about how, or not, he's, he was alluding to the fact that, um, college athletes should be paid. Uh, and then it was the bleacher report. Thing. But every time one little thing came up, um, it kind of reinforced, not reinforced, but it re- reminded people of what Trent Dilfer said about how Josh was a jerk and he was difficult to coach. Mm-hmm. Even though when you're around Josh every day, you, you just get more exposure to him. There are more moments where you realize that that's not everything he's about. He's not just about those random social media outbursts, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, to go back to your original question, I think it was, it's always going to be a combination of things It kind of builds up over time. And Josh has just been scrutinized for a lot longer than Sam Darnold or, uh, Baker Mayfield. I mean, Baker was a walk on when he started and not a lot of people were paying attention to him. Same with I, I wouldn't say same with Sam because Sam was also at the opening, but um, Sam wasn't the number one quarterback recruit at even USC, let alone the country. So Sam just kind of came came out of nowhere, whereas Josh has been around for a lot longer and people have just been paying attention to him for a long time. Yeah, and and that's a really good point that when the narrative first started about Josh Rosen, he was not in a position to control it whatsoever as a high schooler with, with no platform. And, and obviously Trent Dilfer's voice is going to ring louder than anything you can, you can say or do about yourself at that point. Um, yeah. an in- interesting original sin there that has kind of stuck with him. Um, and it's, it's, it's confounding knowing, I mean, I, I had a pretty good opinion of him um, in the positive light beforehand and you've you've definitely validated that from from everything you've said. It's just it's it's mind boggling to me that the the actual football stuff is always the end of the paragraph um, in in evaluations about him when that is so clearly there, and the rest of his stuff is not is not as flagrant as as uh, as it could be. So it's yeah, it, he's he's a very interesting case study going forward. Um, and there's precedent for him for him doing well um, and and beating all of the things that he's talking about. Um, so. Uh, I had this question, but I think that the answer is obvious. If you had to to, to bet, um, you know, <laughs> now that it's legal, if you had to bet that uh, that Josh Rosen's career ends up proving a lot of these people wrong versus versus validating their opinions, sounds like you would you would take the road that that he's going to uh, to really blaze his own trail in the NFL and do well. Uh, well, I mean, I, I could sh- I could tell you I hope he does. I'm not gonna. I mean, I, I don't bet. I, I don't really, but I don't, I don't really care about predicting things. That's really one of my least favorite things about this job. Cause people ask me to predict <laughs> things all the time and I honestly don't care. But, um, I mean, I hope he does well. I think he, 
he certainly has the tools to do well, but the NFL is so unpredictable. I mean, you need to have the right organization. You need to have the right players. Um, you need to have the right coach. Like there's so many things that I don't know that's going to happen to Josh. So I, I wouldn't know, but I, I can tell you that I hope he does well. I think he's talented enough to do well. And after what happened at UCLA when he left, and I think he would be the first person to tell you he was disappointed with the way his UCLA career ended. Uh, I hope he gets to have a, a great NFL career. Um, so he doesn't have to always be haunted by kind of the underwhelming ghosts, underwhelming ghosts of his UCLA career. Sure. Uh, and the, the man or the coach that, that it is somewhat responsible or, or, you know, just a part of the whole reason that, that, uh, Rosen's career might've not gone the way it, it, it was supposed to, or people had hoped for it, uh, was Jim Moore Jr. He was, he was fired shortly after the season was, was, was finished. If I remember right. Um, before the season was finished in comes Chip Kelly, which is his name rings very, very loudly in the PAC 12 for the, the dominance that he, he had there with Oregon, um, for the years that he was there, did a sit in the NFL. Now he has taken a, a, a bit of a coaching sabbatical before returning to college football. Now with UCLA, um, a guy whose style of coaching is very, unique and at least it was very unique when it first started in the you know the late like 2008 2009 um how would you characterize chip kelly's first spring camp at ucla uh i think it was good i think it was a um it was a bit of adjustment period for everyone because he's just he's just a different character um Mm -hmm. than jim mora by the way not jim mora jr but he has a different middle name than his dad so don't call him junior um his yeah um he's just so different than than mora was so i think it was kind of an adjustment period for a lot of players uh they had to get used to all new coaches and a new style um his practices were shorter uh faster and i I would probably say more efficient um Hmm. so he'd be very happy to hear you say that yeah i mean for for me having to watch every moment of practice, I, I was happy that I got to leave the practice field after two hours and 20 minutes, as opposed to a three hour, three hour Jim Mora practice, or even three hours and 30 minutes under Jim Mora. So, um, I think that would be the biggest thing that was different so far for spring practice. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah, that efficiency is something that he's he's all about. Of of, there's no need to do a a, dr- a drill for 20 minutes because you lose interest. Do it for do it for six. Do it for seven. Do it for these weird increments. Then do another drill and get more out of it. Um, a very very disciplined uh, planner in terms of those types of things. Um, how was it? So you kind of compared it to a to a Jim Mora camp. How was it compared to watching a Chris Peterson spring camp at, at UCLA or at UW? Um, uh, I don't remember it was a long time ago, <laughs> way back. I rem- I rem- yeah. I, I, I know that anytime you change a head coach, the biggest thing is kind of saying, saying what your mission is as a head coach and then getting everyone to kind of follow up with mm-hmm. it. And that, that resulted, I remember a lot of personnel change. There was a lot, a lot of people who left the team, a lot of people who were 
cut from the team at UCL at UW uh, in the kind of changeover between Peterson and Sark. And I think that that's similar to to UCLA. There were a lot of guys who just didn't find a new place at UCLA under Chip. So um, there was some personnel turnover. I I think that Chip Kelly's first year at UCLA isn't going to be come comes out guns blazing and straight to the Rose Bowl. I don't think it's going to be that way. Same way it was with uh, Chris Peterson. His first year, I believe they finished six and seven or seven and six, and they went to the Cactus Bowl and they lost yep. to Oklahoma State. Um, I remember because I was there, and uh, Mason Rudolph was a freshman, and then he just graduated this year. I was like, "Holy crap, you're still in college!" But yeah. anyway, um, so I, I think it's going to be a slow process for Chip Kelly at UCLA. But I don't think it. I think it's going to end up being successful the same way that Chris Peterson has been successful at UW. Mm -hmm. He, uh, Kelly had, had kind of, uh, pigeonholed his, his kind of three, three big things that he puts out as, as play fast, play hard, uh, and finish everything. Have you heard those, those words be, be, uh, said a lot over the, the course of spring camp? Uh, he hasn't said those words words i don't i can't recall him ever saying those words in succession um are they are they thematic of of kind of how the team has been has been practicing so far yeah well i think the speed factor is definitely still there um he was obviously known for his um blur offense that really set college set the college football world on its ear uh mm-hmm. with the speed so he's he's still taking that um with to UCLA. So I, I would say that was very similar. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, how close do you think then is, is this UCLA team from, from competing at the, at the highest level in the conference? Um, <laughs> I'm already making you predict, I, even though you just said two minutes ago, you, yeah, you I know predict. really though. Um, I would say probably not this year. Maybe I know Chris Peterson was able to do it in about two mm-hmm. years. Uh, yeah, I could I could see maybe two or three years. I would lean toward three at UCLA because there's there's a lot of talent that needs to be replaced right now, mm-hmm. especially on the offensive line. They need they need help on the offensive line. Um, but I, I think Chip Kelly knows what he wants to do. He knows the personnel he he's looking for, and he's going to go find those guys and obviously being in Southern California, there's plenty of talent to choose from down here. So he's going to be able to, um, kind of have his, his pick of the talent. Yeah. Which is, uh, recruiting to, to Pasadena and, and to, uh, to, to UCLA is much different than recruiting to, to Eugene, Oregon, as, as we all know. So, um, yeah. it will be interesting to see what Chip does with a, with a full cabinet, um, and, and with all that UCLA can offer, um, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I know we, we circled around this for, for a very long time. Thank you for taking time out uh, to talk about Josh Rosen and uh, UCLA football going forward. Yeah, no problem. Anytime.